Enter New R Presents. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, Episode 36, 5.5 or 6th Edition. This episode was recorded live at twitch.tv slash lanternnoir. Hello and welcome. Uh, my name is Rob, a.k.a. Lantern Noir, and this is Tuesday. It's shortly after 5 o'clock because I forgot that my aging computer really likes to take its time coming back online after it gets a night off. Um, for a prospect as to how old this computer is, think back to when ARK Survival Evolved was still in early access and was the game to benchmark your machine. That's when the sucker was bought. And I think she's going out to pasture like my nana. <laughs> You're going to the farm upstate where all good computers go. Oh, gosh. And no, I'm... no. Well, I'll talk. Well, okay. The other voice you hear is my amazing co-host. <laughs> Greybeard of Greybeard Tavern. And yeah, we uh, we so you know I I got a chance to get deep into my libation whilst, whilst I was whilst fighting we with waiting. my machine. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm seriously considering the possibility when this is all over is pulling the hard drives out, and then mm. just taking it up to the school I work at as a fundraiser. Mm. It's a buck a whack. Yeah. You know, here's a here's a twenty five pound <laughs> sledge. Um, it's a buck a whack at this old computer. All the proceeds go to the mock trial club. Um, yeah, pickaxe. <laughs> yeah, just have at it. Here's a, here's a, a release for injury and some safety glasses. There it is. Oh, uh, the, mama didn't raise no fool. The, the mock mm. trial club is not going to make you sign a waiver. I'm not doing my job as coach sponsor correctly. Right, but, right. <laughs> but and then I, I wore a shirt specifically today thinking of, of, of my stream teams. Oh, I can't it see. It says, I have friends. And then at the bottom half. They're just online. Oh yeah, you tweeted those. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you had some good some some good new shirts going on. T Turtle is really bad for someone like me because I <laughs> I love the fact that this this is me after work. This is me at work, by the way, folks. This is what I mm. wear to work. I work in blue jeans. Mm. Um, I wear a graphic tee and a corduroy jacket. Nice. That is me. That's that's awesome. Why? I have to wear scrubs or a uniform, so nice. I, I, I can wear anything I want underneath it. So um. <laughs> I like that. Well, the thing is, for me, it's like it's become my signature look. Right. So now I'm like, every time T Turtle has some kind of a, a sale going on, I'm like, I gotta go check it out because I have to keep expanding my aesthetic. Right. Like, I gotta keep getting more of these and other like other like fandoms I want to show off because the people are noticing that I have cool T-shirts. <laughs> um it's becoming a thing uh, that's good so that's good <laughs> uh i, I don't want to wait too long to get into the news so let's do the short sure. recap of the week before we get into the really fun heavy stuff from the week how how in, in short in what short. are the highlights of the last two weeks you've had since we didn't get a chance to meet oh, last yeah. week i was getting fillings figured out yeah um so the uh um We've been on hiatus because of uh, player people's stuff going on. So we haven't done indoor adventures. Um, our 
uh, Monster Noir game, but we did get an extension on that. Uh, it was only supposed to be a 10 week run, but we are going to do 10 episodes at least. It doesn't matter how many weeks we miss. So I didn't have to rewrite story arcs. That was good. Uh, I closed out my um, my uh, space campaign uh, using the Aww. impulse drive system. No, no, no. It, it ended. It was the first book and it ended with so they had this thing that they had affectionately been calling the Hell Glob, which was like a, a, a society of uh, nanites, this massive, it took up most of their hold. And the captain had put a ter his terrarium down uh, in the hold and had kind of asked the Hell Glob to, I don't know, he, he, basically his wife's DNA was in the terrarium. And he kind of asked without asking that the hell glob bring his wife back. So it grew a garden of Eden in the, in the cargo bay. And the, the, the cliffhanger for the book was the very last thing is this primordial pool. His wife sits up out of it. And that's, I was like, end credits, go blank, you know, roll, roll credits. Awesome. So that was, a, that was a cliffhanger on that book. And we'll go back to it and probably, probably next year we'll probably oh. not go to it because we're we're in a five-part campaign DD right now uh where we're playing npcs we are the npcs in the game <laughs> i'm the blacksmith but i'll win the blacksmith <laughs> and one of us is the tavern owner and one of us is like the magic shop guy and stuff we so. have to pause right now and welcome sure. Emily for everyone from Emily Falkreath, who, by the way, is an amazing content creator in her own rights. For those of you who are chilling out, who are not familiar with her, I'm going to see if I can find my shout out. I have to type it by hand. Um, great content. She just brought all of her people over here after her stream. So we really appreciate all the Raiders coming in. For those on the podcast, give it a second while we do a little Twitch stuff. Uh, my name is Rob, a.k.a. Lantern Noir, and this channel we usually find D&D &D content or D&D adjacent gaming. Um, and then on Tuesdays, we have a little happy hour where me and this gentleman get together and uh, we talk about the the years we have spent playing Dungeons and & Dragons. And, and my host would be... Raybeard of Greybeard Severn. Raid! It's always right. good. Raids are great. Um, but yeah, so you're catching us as we're just starting our podcast recording uh, where you can, uh, where we're going to be talking about um, our topic of the week. Um, there's a, the link to the previous shows if you ever want to go check it out. Uh, oh yeah, Emily Falkworth is an amazing content creator. I cannot say enough kind things. It's always fun to go over to her channel and see what's up. Um, as you can tell, she's both Skyrim nerd, so she kind of there's a lot of overlap between us here in the D and D world and her universe of uh, of the Elder Scroll Elder Scrolls. I got it right. Go me. <laughs> um, we're just talking about the our last week in gaming. I just want to clarify for everyone that's new that came in on the raid. Uh, how long have you been playing with this group that that you just finished the campaign with? Uh, so other than my brother, um, the other guys, we've been playing together since 1989, I think. So 30 plus for, years. <laughs> for perspective, if you want to know who was president, you have to go find a history book. <laughs> That's how far back we're talking. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, and I've been playing since I was eight years old, so 1977. So, yeah, it, uh, we, we've been playing a while. Uh, it, but to finish up real quick with that, we're playing the NPCs. It's, uh, it's really amazing, and I had a great time with that. Um, and then Sundays, I played Wild Myth, uh, Wilder Myth, which uh, we put me in as a character, and Greybeard had to uh, retire. He got too old. Um, Did he take an arrow <laughs> to the knee? He he definitely he took he actually took a flower to the forehead. Uh, he he was doomed, and he had the mark of this this great ancient forest elder. And hence, because he took a, a leaf to the forehead, he Life- he had to retire early. Yes, we actually are <laughs> gaming lifers. That's 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 where we're at. Um, and I know, I knew I arrived as a, as a gaming dad because my teen, uh, we were discussing uh, skiing as a hobby, and my teen like Well, I was really thinking I I wanted to do ski patrol, but then I took a snowball to the knee. Of course. And then they just sort of stared at me and waited, like they knew they had done it, and they were waiting for the high five, <laughs> um, which they they got an enthusiastic high five. I would add. Um, so, but that's where that's at. So yeah, that's, that's awesome though. And it's weird. I think it's in the water because Mm. somebody else had posted, they had just wrapped up, uh, one of their big campaigns on Twitter. So my follow, um, and then we wrapped up, we had two wrap ups over the last two weeks. Oh yeah. Um, here at Lantern Noir presents my Valley of Plenty game ended, which was a, well, you appreciate the lurks which had been running for, I think we ran, ran seven episodes. I had planned to go more, but then I got lazy and didn't write more content. Because it was, well, well, I had room for dungeons. I had room for classic dungeon crawl, but we were all clipping along solo with the role play. I didn't want to derail it with just, right. here's the map, kick down the door, kill the monsters, go mm. to the next room. Um, and so I didn't. So that came to a really fun, epic conclusion. And then Curse of Strahd wrapped up, ending a year-long campaign um, yeah. that took us from level one. We ran three uh, short adventures that did um, that were Domain of Dread-inspired. And then they, at the end of that, it took us about probably four months to play through. And then we went into Curse of Strahd in, like, March. Yeah. And we just wrapped it up uh, this past Sunday. In fact... If you look behind me, there's the mug that we have. It's in the merch store that has the party's picture on it. Oh, Um, we got I got commissioned art towards the end. I waited a little too late, I think, to bring an artist on board, but we got Mm. we got pictures of everybody and um it was a lot of fun. And uh so it's just been kind of a neat, really neat uh time with everything. So yeah, it was it's been very bittersweet uh Mm. to be looking at my week and going, I don't have any game prep to do. Wow. Like, wow. I, and I can't, and I'll talk more about that on the back end. I'm in a position yeah. where I can't do game prep right now because mm. of all the things that we're in the process of planning for. Right. But I do want to talk a little bit about that later on, but I think we got to get into the news. All right. People, people saw the, the title uh, this, this week, and I think mm-hmm. we got to talk about this, this the, the elephant in the room, mm-hmm. which is the announcement of a new game in 2024 by the infamous Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, so they had uh, they had a a weekend, a D and D weekend, kind of a, a online Gen Conny kind of thing, and the very last you know half hour was was the the designers, and they were you know doing a 
a queued up interview, but an interview uh, to talk about, you know, what's coming, you know, what's coming down the pipe. And uh, they had announced that, I, I guess it has been interpreted many different ways, but 2024 would be 10 years and they are, they're putting out a new product then whether it's going to be a 5.5 or a 6th edition or, you know, whatever. That's that's what's in contention uh, currently. But they've said that it's going to be in uh, backwards compatible. Um, but they said that about D&D Next before Next became 5th edition. Yeah, I <laughs> so, remember that. as I, mm-hmm. I had never looked at the D&D Next books. So mm-hmm. when you pick those up... I. Help me out. What what was I holding when I did that? So uh, there wasn't a, a lot in the in in book form. It was play testing. It was kind of like the pre uh, UA stuff that 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 they've been doing now. It was like that, and I happened to be connected with um, a group that was playing like play testing for Five E. And so that's what they were talking about. Uh, that's what they were calling D and D next at the time, because they were at the time they were so afraid of fourth edition, you know, because they had done fourth edition, and then they 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 wanted to walk away from that. So they didn't want to just go, okay, two years ago we put out fourth edition. Now we're going to put out fifth edition, and you know, have that have that anger because when they did three and three five within a year of an each other oh people lost their minds <laughs> yeah according to according to wikipedia um yeah. third edition was in 2000 mm-hmm. revision 3.5 was in 2003 which is still pretty dang oh. fast it's wow, only three it years faster yeah it yeah seemed it faster. seemed faster i remember when the three five book hit i mm-hmm. was like uh i'm not buying another rule book Right. I have my third edition. I can run my games in third edition. Bugger off. I'm not giving you another 40 bucks. Yeah. Um, and I've always kind of maintained that they really shot themselves in the foot. Like mm-hmm. they would have sold a crap ton of three, five books. If they yeah. had told the friendly local game stores, we will buy back <laughs> used third edition books. Yeah. At like some ungodly high amount compared to what they were worth to move yeah. the three, five products. Cause if I'd gone in the store and said, Oh, for five bucks, I can upgrade. I'll go do right. that. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those where it's like, I, I don't think I even own a three, five book because yeah. on principle, I'm like, Nope. If there's revisions, yeah. you need either need to like, like put something online I can download for free or you need to own the fact that you sold me a faulty product. Ah, dude. And I, I, I am such a, the slut. I, I was all of them. Oh yeah. I I finally I finally two years ago the last the last time the last time we had a Gen Con I I got rid of my three uh, my third edition books. I put them in the auction and uh, they they sold. So somebody out there wanted the three versus three five. Um, I did enjoy three five. Uh, I did not enjoy four, though four had some good bits. 
Um, but yeah, so they're looking at 2024. That'll be 10 years of fifth edition uh, when that comes out. Um, they said that it was going to be backwards compatible. They, I, I, I have seen a lot of people calling it 5.5 online. Uh, it seems that they're going to do a lot of cleaning things up. Um, some of the things they were talking about were um, they're going to redo monster stat blocks, particularly in the spellcasters. Instead of the spellcasters having um, having like a spell list and spell slots, they're just going to have magic actions. They're yes. just going to they're just going to have options, and they just cast spells. And hopefully on know. some recharges, because I like the idea yeah. of certain monsters, like Strahd, for example. Being able mm -hmm. to go, you know what? I'm just going to drop in, you know, 12D6 fireball right now. <laughs> but you don't want, if you you could write a balanced encounter where the vampire overlord of a domain of dread can just keep doing that over and over again. But at a certain mm -hmm. point where you're like, this is just not going to be fun for the party. Right. And if I've learned anything about D&D, &D, they have very little faith in dungeon masters keeping things fun for the party without making them keep it fun. Right, right. Because there's yeah. there's so many out there that will do things like I can and I will, and it's your job to survive it. Um, so they have to balance for that. Um, we had a horrible conversation over on on Discord, and I, I'm totally sympathetic. But it was like a second level adventure where mm -hmm. the party had to go down a hallway, yeah, and the enemy at the end of the hallway had fireball. Oh, and it's mm -hmm. like this is kind of just set up where if I if my if I play this NPC with half a brain cell. It's mm -hmm. a TPK. Yeah. And I'm like, I, either they didn't, they didn't play test it much right. or you maybe we, there's, you're right. There's a problem here. Well, and it's funny too, <clears throat> because one of the things that I've said a lot about modules is that, that a lot of times they assume it's going to be four optimized characters and it's going to be a cleric, a fighter type, a wizard and a rogue. Blah. So as they write, they write for those four characters, that party. And so sometimes you just come across stuff that you're like, there's nothing these four people can do in this situation, you know? Um, or the flip side of that, when I was playing my Celasta game, I had a party mm. of two wizards, a warlock, and a cleric. Mm. And it was kind of like, I don't know if this is going to keep going, but at third level right now, this game is trivial. <laughs> <laughs> like this is just this is just kind of a joke and i'm kind of afraid to keep playing that too much more because i'm like at the rate we're going nobody is presenting much of a challenge yeah see and that's that's what i'm saying like uh i did i ran keep on the borders land for the uh the grognards and my my uh house elves uh in in 5e and they they had four spell they had three spellcasters and a rogue and they just they wholesale slaughtered everything because every time they walked into a room they nova struck and then snuck away <laughs> and rested up and then nova strike and and you know so why, yeah um why did you hire the ranger wait till the bell's over okay <laughs> pass without a trace <laughs> That's why you hired the ranger. I get it. Exactly. Also, she casts good berries. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I 
again, the Caves of Chaos to uh, to tell a quick story. I finally realized that the Hobgoblins would get get tired of them, of these spellcasters, and they came up with just a brilliant, or what they thought was a brilliant plan. They built a rolling mantlet with spikes on it, and they started down the hall at the at the party. The wizard webbed them. The druid spike growth them. The bard took and slung a bow shot and and got a nat 20. So in, you know, 75% cover through the slot, the driver of the mantlet to blam right in the eye, took them. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm done. The, the, the caves surrender to you. <laughs> oh, Congratulations, oh, you yeah. rule caves. <laughs> what would you like your goblin minions to do now? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, oh. yeah. Um, go ahead. No, because the next slide is like, okay, so now you have goblin minions. Right. Yeah, yeah. Good luck ruling them. <laughs> and you can't just, at a certain point, you can't wholesale slaughter them because someone from like Waterdeep is going to show up with some <laughs> paperwork to say, um, these are sentient creatures that you have <laughs> taken leadership over. <laughs> you, you're you're legally bound by them now. There are certain things you just can't do. This is a summons from this lord. If you do this, this will be a summons from another one. If you don't do this, and by the way, we have reports of your goblins raiding. You need to find out who they are. But but we have a member of the Justicars Guild here who wants to make sure you give them a fair trial. Exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, the the goblins are behind them with a with a pump cart, you know, rolling across the background with like it's throwing fire everywhere. Yeah. Um, uh... So so yeah. The uh, uh, some of the other stuff that they talked about. Um, backwards. What did I say? Right. Backwards compatibility has been like the thing everyone's latching onto as yeah. why it's going to be five point five. Well, and and that's and that's. I can see them making it, calling it something like D&D Core or D&D Anniversary ish, or, uh, Edition or something like that and, and, and expanding. Like, so we've seen the power creep, right? You know, as, as every book comes out, like when Tasha's came out, uh, a lot of the first, first run classes were just done you know you're like why would i ever play or any of the other rangers when i got this any of the other sorcerers these sorcerers have extra spell stuff on their spell lists and so like i said the power creep was real and i think what they'll do is in the you know uh five five or whatever that's gonna eventually be called core um they'll they'll realign all that and like start again. The other one that was really good and and caused a lot of thought processes was uh, going to be thirty playable races, and they're going to all be um, non-setting specific. So, you know, again, doing the the mental math and you know nerd 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 white room thinking on it, uh, it'll probably drop the Ravnica races. Because they're from, you know, they're from Ravnica, um, which is sad because centaurs and minotaurs are both in those. But the minotaurs are also in the Sword Coast book. So we'll see. Uh, a playable centaur race is something they've been kind of like, I think there's like a lion centaur thingy mm. that may or may not be in fifth. I know yeah. it was in an expansion for fourth. Yeah, there was the lion people centaur things, 
Um, but I don't think they've done a centaur race for general use in fifth, have they? In the Ravnica book. Okay. And, well, and, then, they had, <laughs> and then they had uh, satyrs were in uh, uh, Theros. The, they added satyrs. And now in the newest book, they've added fairies and rabbit folk. Uh, the har, har, Haragun or whatever they're calling the the rabbit peeps. So, yes. Um, Which so. somehow I got access to <clears throat> because I um, I don't think, maybe I bought it because I, I did a homebrew fairy for the Valley mm. of Plenty game. I actually went in and homebrewed mm -hmm. it a bit um, because I, I had a very particular look of like, I, if we're going to do this, I want it to look like this with mm -hmm. these effects. So I actually made a homebrew race put it all out there, gave it to my player. My player grabbed it, went with it. It was great. Nice. Um, and it worked really well and she's a good player and she did not abuse it for which I am beyond grateful. Oh yeah. There's the Ravica stuff. Okay. So, uh, yeah. yeah so pe people have, have been lighting up the Twitits, uh, Twitits, uh, the Twitits? Twitter and Reddit. Woo. Dyslexic moment there. Uh, and about, you know, all the poss possibilities of all the races that are out there and, you know, the, the 26 different elves there, you know, they could just have 30 elves in the book. Um, but we think that the sub races, or at least I personally think the sub races will be included under the, you know, categories. So hence you'll have like 12 elves and yeah. 10 tieflings and <laughs> i would you know okay before we get to the question in chat i would not be adverse sure. to a little more diversity of sub races for some of the other mm. races i'm not as familiar with just right. for flavor mm -hmm. um i think that could be kind of cool um i think there is some room for you know uh for them to kind of just be aware of that and i do hope i do hope they keep racial stat bonuses because I mm. do think that when we assume everyone is not median height, 5'10", a buck mm -hmm. 50, you yep. are going to have things that are just physically stronger because they're bigger. Right. And, and, right. and, and more dexterous because they're built smaller. I think that's, I think that's perfectly fine. I think right. being aware of being conscious about how you present it, you know, due to their small stature, they, right. this, these are more likely to be. Um, that's just me. Um, is there really power creep? Using just the player's handbook, I can make a barbarian level 8 eagle totem to see a mile, observant feet lip reading, and keen mind to make the DM memorize everything for me. <laughs> Maybe that's an exception, but <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, and I think, yeah. I, I think this is a great debate about Dungeons and & Dragons and all RPGs, and mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, computer RPGs. Um, right how do you balance really when you have someone that can come to a table and say, I have this character, it's a balanced character mm -hmm. that does 30 damage per round as a fourth level Ranger. Mm -hmm. When someone else joins the party who says, well, I'm not really good at making a character. So this is what I came up with and like their top spell, you know, they've, they've got a spell, but they didn't put enough points into intelligence. So their DC is a little bit low. And then this, it's like, like you want to be sure that everyone's contributing and you want to create a rule set that encourages party balance. Right. And keeps your DM sane because players aren't dumb. Players well, will figure out when you're like, 
every time the ranger engages it, it seems to have a lot more hit points than when the rogue does. <laughs> What's because we've been tracking over here, and that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't seem fair, but you don't want one person to shine. Yeah. Yeah. And we, again, you know, to, to address it, we, we've talked about how you just, when, when you have those people, you just have to make those moments or, or write in those moments for them to, to, to shine because, you know, it's a, a bard in the college of eloquence is, (laughs) you know, never going to do you know 50 60 90 101 points of damage in a round like some paladins you know <laughs> but if we're trying to talk about if we're, or if we're musing between is this going to be a 5-5 where they're going to mm. take everything that's out there pull it together rebalance a few things say look here's the new 10th anniversary player's handbook yeah. not even 10th anniversary uh 50th anniversary mm-hmm. player's handbook for dungeons and dragons yeah, that's the only thing we should we should put in here um, for those of us of a certain age who don't want to appreciate how old we are. Uh, mm. The first edition of Dungeons and Dragons was released in 1974, which yep. would make 2024's release also the 50th anniversary of Dungeons exactly. and Dragons at large. Um, so you want to make that's that's part of that ca- that calculation for that date too. So. Um, best new rule will be that the name, character's name is Aaron Tier. He gets to do quadruple damage. Random name chosen. <laughs> I, I see no problems with that. I'm also, hello. Um, but I do think something that Watsi's dealing with right now is both post-pandemic, post-critical role, mm-hmm. post-Will um, Wheaton's tabletop, post-YouTube. D&D is shockingly popular mm-hmm. from where it was 30 years ago. And they are trying really hard to be sure. I think this is why yeah. I'm, this is why my, why my money says it's a five point five rather yeah. than a new edition. Hmm. Is they want to be really confident that if any player sits down at any table with any DM with any published adventure and makes a character following the guidelines in that player's handbook, they yeah. are going to have a good experience, even if the DM sucks. Mm. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I. That's very viable. I, uh, uh, yeah, part of <laughs> part of the the I think the thinking too. Uh, and of course, they didn't say this, but as someone who has been through five flipping editions, kind of six if you count three and three five, um, <laughs> just as two different. Um, they don't want to scare people because, because you know, in uh, 2014 when Fifth Ed came out, you know, it was like, oh yeah, this is cool. But because of all the things you just mentioned, I mean, D and D's off the chart. Mm-hmm. It's off the chart, and so there's so many people now playing that have never been through the edition thing, <laughs> and so. I'm I'm pretty sure that you know it took like five years to get to this massive you know this massive uh, uh, community. You've got this huge community. You don't want to all of a sudden go. Well, now you're going to have to buy new books. 
you know, <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. But at the same time, they don't want to scare those those new gamers, you know, because because they've seen it happen before, you know, when new editions come out. Well, and that's the thing. Um, yeah, D&D has at least doubled in players since uh, last year. Yeah, I think that that's not wrong. Um, I do think I read an article that also hit this week out of the uh, out of Australia that identified that, you know, a lot of people are chalking up to the pandemic. It's, mm. it's a social event that you can do right. over zoom. You don't have like, it's not like playing monopoly where you have to move pieces around a board and someone has to have the board right. and everyone just tells them what to do. Like it's, it's truly independent. Um, as far as each player goes, I, I know my streaming partially came out of the pandemic me going, I want to play D and D yeah. again. How do I do it? Um, yeah. and a little bit of like, you know, I got to find my niche here on the Twitches and yeah. with a face for radio, it's not going to be just smiling at the camera all hour. So. Yeah, the, um, yeah, and, and well, and too with, uh, with D&D Beyond out there, you know, it, it was so easy to go, okay, we're going to have a Zoom call. And then yeah. you got your character sheets, you know, you just make your character here, you click the little clicks and you, you be whatever you want, you know. And I think that that really made made it that much easier too, uh, to to during the, the pandemic to well, they get removed, a crew two together. They removed the barrier of entry that Roll20 presented. Yeah. I used Roll20 back in the fourth edition days. Mm. And I first i generally enjoyed fourth edition for what it was mm -hmm. um i'll even admit the fact that i kind of dug the fact that everybody every class had a flavor with the mm. same concept of you get powers what do your powers yeah. do well that depends on your class right but everyone's on the same like what do you want to do this turn look at your power list yeah so um I, back then, though, there was like a we're going to get together on Thursday to play D&D, but we're not actually playing on Thursday. We're just getting our character mm -hmm. sheets in. We're pushing buttons. We're moving tokens. I'm mm -hmm. teaching you the interface. Um, yeah. I'm communicating with you about how this is going to work. Whereas now it's like I slap some tokens on a Google Jamboard and mm -hmm. you just click the button on your character sheet. Um, <laughs> with six games started in the D&D universe by Wizards this year, I doubt huge rule changes will be made soon. But that's the thing. Three years is not soon. Yeah. In yeah. publishing circles. Three years is a long time. And I think, too, that's one of the reasons they took this opportunity to, like, put that out there. Because they had also announced that they want to do what they did with D&D 5, where they did the D&D Next and they 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 put out stuff for play testing and and stuff. So I think we're going to see a lot a lot more of that being the UA type deal and and just getting a lot of new tweaks and stuff to see what's going to happen. Um real quick before I forget mm -hmm. the um the other thing that they announced there is that when some of the new settings, there's going to be new settings and there's going to be two classic settings coming out in the next two years uh, before then, before we get to there, it's going to be two classic settings and a brand new one or two settings. But the other thing that they uh, announced was that 
they're going to be, and the new edition will be available in a different format. <laughs> and so that has led people to lose their minds over, is it going to be, are they, are they launching their own virtual tabletop? Which has led people to go, I've spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars on D&D Beyond. And if you guys make me buy new digital books, I will strangle you. Oh, you know, no. Kind of thing. But so. they, there's a lot of options there. So let's, yeah. about 100% they do. Well, the smart move, honestly, if you ask me, is to buy D&D Beyond. Not. Hasbro has the money. Mm -hmm. Like, plain and simple. They could buy it. And that's the smart, yeah. that's, the, I mean, I'm not an accountant. Or an economist, but I feel like the smart move is just buy D and D Beyond and be done. Like I well, and, can't believe they're separate companies still. And they well, and they've been working. D and D Beyond's been working towards the virtual tabletop option. You know, mm -hmm. as we've been going along. I mean, when you started, there were no buttons to click. You're, you know, you, you to roll your dice. There were no dice, uh, you know, no digital dice and stuff. So they are heading towards there. There was no. Uh, encounter uh, uh, app or anything. I mean, at this point, when I run my game on Sunday nights for uh, uh, the oldest house elf, I, I do it all on computer. Mm -hmm. I, be, I build the encounters and everything right then and there. And D&D Bond's getting better. A year ago, it was not that great. That's when I started using the mm -hmm. improved initiative. And it, yep. it has been like the best five bucks I've spent every month. Is mm -hmm. I on my little spreadsheet of income and expenses for streaming, I got little, mm -hmm. my little five dollar Patreon payment mm -hmm. uh, over to Eric Bailey um, for uh, improved initiative. Um, and I've been actually, I'll be honest, I've been a little disappointed in D and D Beyond's uh, pace at mm. rolling out online tools. I, I would think that's their should be their single biggest focus is to make it a one stop exactly. shop. Yes. Um, and they're still they still haven't gotten. I, I think they still haven't gotten their encounter trackers done right. Yeah. Um, they're still lagging way behind people like literally hobbyists. Yeah. But hear me out now. Mm. Let's assume Hasbro Wizards of the Coast gets their virtual tabletop and they get it efficient. They hire Eric to come over from doing his mm -hmm. his Patreon thing. They bring him on board. He imports all this crap. They put out the, all their new rules for 6th edition. It's like 5th edition, but it's 6th because it's got enough tweaks to it that it's technically different. It's mm -hmm. smoother. They streamline things. Everything's clipping. And then they say, tell you what, we get it. You put $200 on D&D Beyond Books. We know you're mad. We're just going to make this a flat every book, 15 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all we want. We're, we're not going to yeah. screw you. All you need to play is 15 bucks a month. And for every, every time, if you want to go up to a $40 a month deal, you right. can share it out to up to four players at a time. Right, right. And and so they don't so up to four players at a time can be part of your campaign, have all the books, um, and and you don't have to buy another book. Yeah. And we're you just have done. a subscription. You just have your subscription. And and I think that that kind of thing would really blunt the pain of but I've bought all these books. So if, <laughs> if Wars of the Coast is serious about yeah. having their own digital footprint beyond D and D Beyond, yeah. um, I think they could go that direction in 2024, and yeah. probably not take it too hard on the chin for it. Yeah, 
Yeah, particularly, like I said, if for over the next three years, they keep chipping away and they keep bringing the bits and pieces out so so that we ease into that, it would be a much smoother. Now, personally, I'd like to see, uh, you know, um, something it, it basically get your initiative tracker guy, get the uh, get Hero Forge to, you know, those guys not gotten bought yet and that's what i'm saying and to directly import miniatures into into whatever this virtual tabletop is and then have like dungeon fog or one of the one of the big companies that has a virtual tabletop get them on uh, map making and and such get them on board so that it's it's like you're saying you know 15 bucks a month and i i sit down and go i play D &D today and I'm playing D and D. You know, I I don't have to load up six screens and and you know I'm playing. I got this app and those going and these sheets over here. I can just all lump it into to my fifteen bucks. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> I have to wonder though with 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 so many new players who mm -hmm. have not done the edition war. Mm -hmm. And let's let's pretend for a second that fourth didn't happen. Just okay. for a quick second, let's take fourth off the table for a second because fourth was as much as we liked it between the two of us. It was not generally well received, and a lot of players stuck with three five for that span of time. So I, if you, if, I did, yeah. So if you kind of think about that, it's been ten years, but this is a generation of players that might not be willing to part with all the mechanics, and I'm almost wondering. If like this is my my step towards the five five, if they publish a D and D anniversary edition, which is fifth edition rules, but streamlined, cleaned up, toned back, balanced, mm -hmm. and then they roll it out with. By the way, we have a digital tabletop, we have a digital miniature maker, we have digital character sheets, we have the entire D and D experience. Would that not check everything they promised us in the press release? It would. Yeah. And then they don't yeah. risk all these new players going, F it, I'm going to stick with 5th edition. Because mm -hmm. the only thing that could hurt them, in my opinion, is if they go over to D&D &D Beyond and say, you need to turn off 5th edition stuff. Yeah. Like, we need them to buy the new books. You need to, you need to sunset access to the 5th yeah. edition content because we need to move everyone into 6th. And I right. think that unless, with the number of people who are who are learning on fifth, yeah, I think it's too many people who are too risk adverse to spending money to truly justify a um, a whole new, truly different edition. Well, and and two, the bones of of five e, you know the 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 you know uh core mechanics are so solid you know they're they're just so just they're a they're a damn pyramid they're they're just blam you know they kept it simple you can do a lot with it bound accuracy has made it so it's you know all the problems in in three and three five of well, I'm plus 27 to stealth. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, it, it, 
<laughs> and when I say that, it was not impossible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's uh, there's very few things in this edition where you could do that. I mean, other than the uh, observation, you know, uh, alert, blah, 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 where your perception is, you know, based plus 20 or so. Um yeah, anyway, uh, so with the bound accuracy and, and the bones of this, uh, of 5e, it, it's a really rock-solid game for that type of system. So I think that going, straying too far from it, if nothing else, like you said, pull it back a little and make it not, not, not dumber, just smooth again. My My big suggestion would be leave everybody's damage and hit points where it is. And I know I say it all the time, but bring the monsters hit points down so that fights don't take three, four hours. You know that when we played 15th level characters versus the Kraken, we played for almost four hours in that fight. And I pulled punches so that we could get through that fight. Well, and, and that gets into like just the, the nature of, uh, game entertainment mm. um although before i mention this i want to acknowledge sure, sure. your comment that in about that time we're supposed to see a new open world D rpg mm. i know very little of this myself but i'm going to be looking into it because Baldur's gate 3 has not captured my attention mm. um and i still will maintain that celesta crown of the magister is the superior DD computer experience that we have been waiting for since Baldur's gate 2 um, and since Neverwinter Nights, um, and really filled the void that Neverwinter, the MMO, left because it wasn't, once it went free to play, it became kind of eh. Mm -hmm. um, but that's my personal opinion on it. Yeah, we'll have to see what we get when we get there. What was I going yeah. with that before I got derailed with the other thing? I started with a thought <laughs> and then I lost it because I was acknowledging Ears thought. Um, <laughs> Take that other track. Welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome to middle age, folks. Population, Usual. my thoughts. Um, <laughs> it'll come back. It'll come back. If it's important, I'll find it again. Um, mm -hmm. But I, yeah, I, I do, I do think though that that is a very solid system, and I do think that combats that run long are hard to do well. But I also mm -hmm. think, and I think this is a byproduct of Dungeons and Dragons writ large. And I think it's I think it's actually a feature, not a bug. Mm. I like to a degree the fact that when you get to a certain power level, the game starts to lose some allure unless you do something really clever. Mm. Because the game is kind of like if you think about it, at what point is Hercules bored? Mm -hmm. He's not excited by combat once he's Hercules. He needs something right. else. Um, and I think 15th level characters, 10th level characters, really are meant to represent like your, 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 yes, you can go fight a dragon if you want to, but toe to toe with a dragon is going to be a slog fest. It's not going to be highly entertaining for anybody to watch. You can't build a movie right. around a Titan fighting a dragon by itself. You need to do something to make these paragons look interesting in a combat. Yeah. Now, if they're smart, they're going to rewrite the DM's guide from the ground up. Because mm. if we hadn't had a topic this week, I was going to propose that as our topic, which is we are going to write a better DM's guide, ah, starting with right. our outline. Yeah. What right. do we put in it and where do we put it? Because 
I will support this. It's been, we were kicking around on Twitters this week. D and D does a terrible job of prepping people to be DMs. Yes. It's going to say, look, here's uh, here's some alternate rules to consider. Here's a module. Here's how to read the module. Good luck. Yeah. And they, they, I, and we, one of the other things we were going to kind of talk about this week was, uh, um, getting old, which light, which light. Yes. Uh, I can't remember the first part of which light wild, wild something. And the witch light anyway, the new module, out. Yes, they have done a, 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 much they are obviously aware that this is the situation they have done a much better job of hey let's think how to organize and how to run a module better uh, it, it really is a much better laid out and 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 processed um adventure and i i think that that is i i'm hoping that that is their thinking going forward is that they are going to try to teach us. I think they were trying in, in fifth edition to be like, well, you know, they didn't want to insult all of us old timers. Uh, Cause you know, he, this is how you run an adventure. And they wanted to, to leave it so that you could do your own thing instead of going here is forgotten realms. And this is how we run it. And jam it down our throats. You know, it'd be really so. neat for chapter zero of our DM's guide. Let's yeah. let's rabbit hole moment here. Okay. I would love one of those point things that you see as um, memes going around. Like, here's yeah. a whole list of things. They're all worth so many points. Figure out your score. <laughs> I think that would make a great chapter zero. Yeah. And then, like at the bottom, you say, okay, if you scored anything you are ready to be a dm <laughs> if your score is between one and 40 you mm. definitely want to read chapters one two and three if yeah. your score is 50 to 100 you can probably start with chapter four right. if you scored over 200 you can probably start with the tables in the appendix <laughs> if you got higher than 300 you're working for us already. If you aren't, <laughs> here's the email address for your resume. Um, and then just put it there and just be like a little tongue in cheek, but also mm -hmm. a little bit like, look, let's be honest. We're going to put some chapters in here that are designed for people who heard from a friend who heard it from a friend that D and D was cool. Mm -hmm. And when they all said, well, we need a dungeon master. Who's that going to be? Everyone went this faster. Mm hmm. And so they don't know. So they bought the DM's guide and now they just need to know what the hell they're supposed to do. And that's what chapters one through three should be. Like right. I would even open chapter one with, so your friends want to play D and D and you got the short straw. <laughs> like just own it. You're probably here because nobody else wanted to be the dungeon master. It's okay. We got your back. Here's everything you need to know to get started. Um, whereas us old old farts are like, yeah, we already kind of know how the pacing goes and how combat goes. We've learned all our tricks for tracking initiative. We don't really need to read all those, but it'd be good to put in the book. You know, mm -hmm. have sticky notes so you can make a little initiative tree. Here are some <laughs> pictures of actual initiative trees. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So. 
Oh, it'd be too hard to dig out. Uh, but yeah, my all of my like three five books have just post-it notes that are in the edges. Freaking and put them all... in the shrink. Yeah. If it's, you're going to shrink wrap the know. book, you put a pile of those little <laughs> sticky note tab things inside the shrink with the DM's guide. Yep. Just sell them with the book. Um, as a matter of fact, my, my uh, first edition hardback uh, DMG if you if you set it on its edge and you let it open it'll go right to page 75 76 which is all the tables the thaco and saving saving throw tables it it will it will just go black gee i wonder why you had to consult from time to time <laughs> exactly and so that's why so this is what i think is is so funny there's so somewhere much. i have my combat computer because mm -hmm. I was able to get my dad to take it to work with him, and he brought me home a photocopy mm. of the combat computer that they had in the book. Mm. And then we glued it onto poster board and cut it out and put one of those. Either we, either it was in the DM's guide or it was in a dragon magazine. Yeah. And it was a dial, and you would just twist it, and you would line up your uh, Thacko with yeah. something, and then you could look to see what all the ACs you hit based on what you rolled were. Um, and I even had little extra like sub -tail tables. So it's like, oh, you're a cleric that's fourth level. Well, here's all your saves. Yeah, exactly. Or you're a third level w wizard. Okay, here's all of your saving throws and here's how many hit points you get. And it's like all of that was built into the little openings on it because the whole yeah. disc was just packed with data. That's awesome. And that's how you knew nerds made it because, <laughs> oh, and that's the, I think, here's the biggest thing I hope they don't do. And it, it fourth edition, I think, suffered from it for a little bit. Which is, 4th edition really shown when you had your power cards. Mm. Like, if you had a deck of power cards for your character right. class, and you could kind of, like, lay them out in front of yourself and kind of think what you were doing, that's a really... And then add the dice rolling, add the mm. map management. That's a nerdy look. 3-5, three, 3, let's be honest, the amount of book pour you have to do to play the game. Mm. Like, mm -hmm. I was playing the Pathfinder game uh, that just came out, mm. and yeah. it took me, I think, 45 minutes to make my character. Mm. And I know 3-5. Yeah. Um, really nerdy to watch people constantly going to a rulebook. Yeah. Fifth is so smooth. You walk by people playing D&D, all you hear is people laughing and throwing mm -hmm. dice. Yeah. It's it's one of the things that I, I, I've been saying for Ever when you know Pathfinder came out, and Pathfinder immediately went to system bloat. I mean, they they just were like, more, sell more, more books, more books. Where it got to the point where it was intimidating to new players. Yeah, you know, oh, you want to be, you know, you want to you want to play Pathfinder? Here, thump. Okay, let's start. You know, you needed a flow chart to kind of get you in the ballpark of what kind of character. And then once you started, you had to build you. You had to build, you know, your character from first to 20th level because you wanted prerequisites. And if you wanted to be as a uh, prestige class, you needed to have X, Y and Z and all, you know, you, you needed you needed spreadsheets to make a dang character. And that's, that's why we've yet to get prestige classes in fifth. And in many ways, I hope we don't. Yeah. I, I think personally, prestige. I, I mean, maybe they will with the sixth. Maybe they'll they'll throw a bone to mm. say, "Look, 
Um, these are some things out there that are kind of cool. You can, you know, introduce them to your game. Your players can work towards them. It's part of the multi-classing thing. Yeah. But, you know, it becomes one of those where there's, it's not going to be the same level of, did you take this feat and that feat and this feat with this ability? It's more of a, this is where your character ended up. So yep. this is what you get to do now. Um, hopefully. And I, I think that the multi-classing in and of itself is the prestige classes in fifth mm-hmm. with, with the subclass choices. Mm-hmm. So your subclass is kind of your prestige stuff. And then putting two classes together in a, in, in weird combos is, is what makes you a prestige class, you know, paladin warlock, a palalock, you know, or, you yeah. know, a bardigan or, you know, well, any of those weird mishmashes. As Curse of Strahd wrapped up in the last probably four sessions, Dagon went mm-hmm. from fighter to fighter barbarian. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of one of those, it became a very interesting two weapon fighter because you add some of those barbarian class features in and it's like, this is pretty, I mean, he gave up some of the higher level fighter stuff yep. because he, he shot over to have those barbarian feats, but things like, I'm just going to go reckless because I'm protecting Irina and I don't care if I get hit. It's like, okay, there you go. And then the damage resistance while raging. I mean, he was like starting to become a bit of a tank when he'd always been this DPS class. Um, and it was kind of yeah. cool. And then we add the fact that he was undead because he got killed halfway through the game. Yeah, the um, uh, my my character Kronk, you know, he's got three levels of zealot barbarian, and because he is, you know, he's a you know eight foot tall, six hundred pound Goliath gladiator of war, and and so it just you know you start you play along and you start adding those levels, and so like I played him as a fighter like one to fifth, and then I added a level of barbarian at six, and then another fighter, and you know I I kept it going you know back and forth all the way we finished at tenth level with that campaign, and and you know just adding those three levels added this whole other level to the character where yes i am i am an immortal basically because if i die it costs you nothing to cut you know there's no material component to bring me back the gods of war want me fighting you know and stuff so it, it allows you to create these just amazingly cool characters so i i i like you just said i'm hoping we don't suddenly have this weird prestige class stuff Hey, welcome, Michelle. We're we're still we're wrapping up our main topic. We're gonna start going into our like just kind of fun, wacky. What's been on your mind going through mm-hmm. this? I think that would be another interesting thing they could do with a D and D anniversary five point five edition mm-hmm. is maybe release some recipes. <laughs> so not prestige classes, mm-hmm. but that would be like an interesting choice in the player's handbook to dedicate some space to saying, hey. If you multi-class these classes together, right? here are some things you see. Because one thing that's always been woefully absent from the books, I think, is a really good idea of what's possible later. And that's always mm-hmm. kind of been the purview of Reddit or yeah. Twitter. And, and for players that don't use those tools, it, it becomes one of those... Well, wait a second. How did you? How did you just do forty-five damage? Well, I've got this, 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 this. I mean, we're <laughs> we're back to to um. Oh God, is it Donna? No, it's not Donna. Joanna's character 
yeah. in in Gamers Two. Oh yeah, yeah. The intelligent fighter. The intelligent fighter <laughs> who who had a feat from three five that didn't exist, which is if mm. you down an enemy, you get an attack of opportunity if there's another enemy within five feet. And had another <sighs> feat that gave her like a free five foot step with every attack. Yeah. And it was like, what? <laughs> and it's one of those where, where the fun with that is the way the movie is written. It's meant to kind of play off the fact that she read the rules. So, mm -hmm. yes, girls can read D&D books. Mm -hmm. um, and as a new player was smarter about a character build than all mm -hmm. the grognards who had been playing for the last five years together. Mm -hmm. Who had never thought to see if you could make an intelligence based fighter. Um, which just makes that if you've never seen Gamers 2 Darkness Rising... Um, one of these nights, I am going to do a watch party on Discord nice. because we need to do this. I actually might contact Dead Gentleman Productions and say, can I, can I do a watch party on stream? Right. Will you be heartbroken if I do that? Because like people need to see this movie. It is just too good not to see. Um, we watched it with the team a, a while back and they were just laughing their backside off because yeah. it's so, and they know enough D and D to get all the references and all the great stuff. Uh, it's a journey quest again yes. by the same people. That's, that's one of the girls and I's favorite whenever we're like looking for something to, to watch and we can't agree on anything. We always go back to journey quest because it's just so good and so fun. And it's you know? so, it's so true to D and D -ers. Mm -hmm. It's like they're, they are our people. They get it. Mm -hmm. It's good. Um, where it lands yeah um i think it was saying here in chat we we're talking about the the end of that campaign and where those characters ended up um and i'm gonna say this i want to say this as often as i can i i had a whole thing planned for the end of the uh, end of that particular story arc because yeah. curse of strahd has a lot of different ways it can end you can kill strahd you cannot kill strahd um in our version uh they needed someone to take strahd's place mm, nice and the paladin didn't bat an eyelash uh, like they saw that the world was collapsing because there wasn't a Strahd person and went, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. And it was such a great ending to that campaign. Um, That's amazing. It was, I can't say it's crazy. I never thought we were going to run a campaign that long. Yeah. And it's been really fun. It was, uh, uh, when we started playing Waterdeep dragon heist, it was like, okay, this should be about 14 episodes, you know, a year plus later. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, I got past that. I was, I was going to ask still, you, how uh, long did it take you guys to get through water, to get through Dragon Heist? Well, we, you know, we were, we were playing with Indoor and we were all very into our characters and stuff. And yeah, it, it, it took a year uh, of playing pretty solid, but you, you don't have to, do it that way we were you know we were involved in city politics and then you know when when we finished it we continued on with some other stuff but not you know not a lot so so um, out of curiosity, would you estimate 10 to 15 is prop for a typical group is probably a fair I, estimate most uh most most shows that i've seen it run are under 20 Okay. Most most streams that I've seen are about twenty episodes cool, cool. or or shorter. Okay. For it. That's so. fair. That's fair. Because that's that's the one that I've picked as my next. Um, partially because I really want to do more than just the first third. 
Right. Like I've 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 a couple times now run that first little quest you use to get you from level one to level three and get you established yep. in water deep, which I think is fun. Like yeah. I think it's a oh, great, it's great adventure all by itself. Yeah. Is the the whole like, hey, can't you help me find my friend? And hey, now mm -hmm. you've got now that you've done that, here's what's <laughs> gonna happen to you. Um and I'm I'm a legal <laughs> nerd. So the idea of like saying, Oh, you just got a property? Mm -hmm. Here are some things that come with property. And everyone's like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah. I there are forms to fill out. I, I adore letting people have a base and some things. So like in in my home, my Grognard home campaign, once they took took out this keep, they they found that, you know, we set it up so that one of the players was actually the great great grandson of the necromancer who originally built the keep and then he had to get in with the liege lord of the the closest you know and become a vassal and you know all that hoo-ha i love giving bases and and having a, a base of operations for a party it just adds a lot speaking of i can't i'm i i know i've talked about candle keep before on stream and being a little disappointed in the lack of through line mm. totally recant nope okay it is it you have you have to be a dm that wants a through line mm. but there's room for one um looking uh, there's a few adventures i've i've dropped because i just i didn't like them and mm -hmm. i didn't think they were that good there's mm -hmm. one that i'm like basically it's a dungeon they go they go purge that's really mm -hmm. what it is it's a lot of like hey why is there a dungeon to go purge well let's take some time to role play you finding out why you should go kill everything in it <laughs> and then the rest of the adventure is killing everything <laughs> in this dungeon um, which, you know, hey, I'm, if that's your jam, that's your jam. My yeah. Candlekeep people, on the other hand, whom I adore as mm. four of my favoritest people, um, mm. would not be happy right. with, we only need 30 minutes of role play. The rest of the time is going to be dungeon crawling because that 30 minutes of role play would take us three weeks. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. That was, that was, that was so much of the of the dragon heist for us <laughs> okay i feel a little better than thinking i might pull this off before summer um yeah. because i've got one guy's like you're not planning to running a long game are you and i went mm. well I'm, i consider 15 weeks a good length up he's like it's gonna be six right no it's not six mm. um we might we might make 15 i think that's a good number to aim for but yeah it's um we just finished shemshime's bedtime rhyme mm. which was uh, I, I probably my favorite Okay. Favorite one in Candlekeep. Um, great story. Great concept. Um, I love the fact that the players are trapped somewhere. Mm. And they're, it, the whole action happens in a very small place. It's a very indie film. When oh, you stop and nice. think about it. Because it's like the, the <laughs> set's not big. It's like they, they rented Canterbury Village here in, uh, in Auburn Hills. And they shot the entire thing over a Saturday afternoon. Um, it's clerks or the village or you know, something that takes place in like yes. one little spot. <laughs> um, are they doing a new story? Yes. We are starting another Candlekeep adventure um, mm. on the heels of them wrapping up the last one. The last episode ended with them rolling on this cart because they're taking, they're taking stuff from the end of the Shemshime's bedtime rhyme. I won't say what they're taking. Mm. They're taking it with them to Waterdeep. Hmm. Nice. And on their way, they notice a ghost of a serving girl watching from behind the trees in the forest, 
reaching out to them silently. <laughs> um, that's what we ended on. Nice. And it, it did a nice job of setting up the, this is what's going to happen with this group. This is what they're going to be trying to find. Um, and there's a whole story arc. That, and, and from what it looks like, it is the very best kind of module. It's got some role play. It's got some exposition. It's got some some intrigue. And then it yeah. has like a classic, like a dungeon and a uh, well-made dungeon, a logical dungeon with a logical villain at the back of it. So I'm uh, like, this is, mwah. Yeah, I'm probably gonna run it and be furious by the time we get to the end. <laughs> but I'm I'm not feeling a need to do a lot of like the Book of the Raven. I kind of rewrote, yeah, because it was kind of meh. Um, but I really have come to like that book, and I I think I did not appreciate how much stuff is in it. Mm. Because there's just yeah. you, like these adventures are not written very long, but there's a lot of room to do a lot with them. Yeah, and that's 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 funny because that's one of the ones that that are on the shelf of well, I might play this someday, so I'm not gonna read it. Okay, know? so here's what you gotta yeah. do. Here, as a friend, I gotta tell you, you need to do, you need to let yourself off the hook. Yeah, you need to read a couple of them. All right, like go ahead, pick one to run with the house elf. Yeah, um, maybe read the maybe read the first one, because mm. you can also play dumb on the first one pretty well too if you play it with people. Ah. Uh. Like that's another quirk to it is a couple of these you can play dumb on and still have a good time with the role play, mm. but let yourself read a couple because very few people are going to do what I try to do, which is say, we're going to run every adventure in Candlekeep Adventures. <laughs> um, there, it's going to be a, I'm looking to run uh, the case of the yellow Manor. Yeah. Oh, I haven't read that one. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. Or I'm going to run the price of beauty this weekend as a one shot. Oh, I haven't read that one yet. Um, that's yeah. That's the that's what I did with Yawning Portal because uh, mm. a lot of a lot of the modules in the Yawning Portal I played, you know, twenty five years ago. Um, <laughs> and so yep. you know, you I, prob we all probably own <laughs> exactly. I can and go so find my white plume mountain if I have to. So a lot of them, I just, I'll, I'll open the map and I'll kind of half remember how it's going. And then I just kind of can play it, you know? And so mm -hmm. we've done that a few times as like, okay, I didn't know we were actually going to be able to play this weekend. So I'll just grab this and we'll, you know, so. Yep. Yeah. But Candlekeep is not a, a linear, it's supposed to be played. It's like, supposed to be, but. Okay. To, to their credit, and I did not take this too seriously, and I really thought it would be a lot more work than it was, um, you can use Candlekeep as a base of operations, mm -hmm. and it makes sense. Like there, It's pretty easy to find a way to weave each story together through yeah. Candlekeep itself. Oh, you know, cool. This book was in cool, Candle... Cool. The, the twist is, it's intended to be, um, you're in Candlekeep on some other mission, and you mm. stumble onto a book that triggers a side quest. Gotcha. It's intended, as near as I can tell, to be one of those, oh, you randomly clicked on an inventory slot um, <laughs> and, or inventory container, and you mm -hmm. picked up a book. Now there's a quest in your quest log. Where the hell did that quest come from? I don't know. We picked up a random book, and now it's in the quest log. And if you're anything like true gamers, you're not resting until you figure out where that quest takes you. <laughs> yes. It doesn't matter how much Reddit you have to get through. You're going to figure out where this quest really started, where it really ends, what's the reward, and is it worth it? Because if it's not, you're just going to drop it. 
But you're right. But that's oh, kind of like they're all kind of written that way. But yeah. there's room. I found room not too mm. challengingly to to chain things to say, oh, this happened. Now you get this book, or you're mm. in Candlekeep, and the Candlekeep people say, we have a book. We need you to deal with it. Right. Um, and it works pretty well. Mm. Um, so I'm really geeked about that group. We're playing again. Looks like on the 23rd. Right. And then you're in my, you're going to, you want to be in my Halloween one shot, huh? Yep. 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 Okay. We'll, uh, we'll do that up. You, you tell me when you know what kind of characters or whatever, you okay. let me know. And I'll we'll tell you right now. It. Oh, okay. I'll tell you right now. It's a fifth level hero. Okay. And, um, stay away from broken. <laughs> stay away from broken. Just okay. Don't All break right. it. But right. um, I'm not putting qualifications on race. I'm not putting them on class. I prefer single classes to keep my life easy because mm-hmm. I know sometimes you break the rule of broken. Right. When you start to go, well, here, I have a meme for this. Mm. Um, if you're on our Discord, you've seen this. Um, mm. But here's what the meme says. Um, let me scroll back a few pages. Here it is. Um, if you want to build a PC based on a Reddit thread, about how to do 1,500 damage per turn by level 3, I will murder you. If you want to build a PC named Dr. Farts, who mm. farts on people and was raised by fart golems, I will murder you. So think of something between these extremes. All right. Sure, sure, sure. So so no goblin artificer uh, like I did in the last one shot where we fought the, we fought, what were they? What do you call them? Not moon Nazis, astro Nazis uh, in mechs in D and D with uh, a talking, <laughs> a talking Corgi who uh, was, he had a stegosaurus as a, as a mount. So yeah. So, uh, so that's Dr. That's Dr. Farts level. And uh, yeah. And then I guess Broken would be a character I played called Blaze Emberheart, hero. <laughs> but farts, farts that can kill sound awesome. Best spell ever. Yeah, it's called Cloud Kill. Yeah. It's yeah, been yeah. in D&D since second edition. Um, yeah, just kind of keep it sane. It should be fine. Um, the rationale behind that will actually, like one of the reasons I'm being so like, I don't care what you do. They don't even have to match with each other. Uh, yeah. Will make sense in the game. It is a, I, I'm aiming for creepy and mm. and horror without gore i don't do gore well gotcha, gotcha but i am gotcha. going for creepy and implied harm to children oh okay All it right. is halloween it's going to mm-hmm, have some dark mm-hmm. themes i'm going to put the the content warning of implied harm to children um okay. i will not i will never do it on screen yeah i i do uh i i I have a tendency to like want all the other players to, you know, pick their stuff first. Cause you know, I've been doing this for 45 years, almost 45 <laughs> years. And so, you know, I, it's no big deal to me. I'll play, I'll come up with something weird, no matter what's left over. And that way people who like, who've never played or, you know, only get that. I only get to play D and D in one shots, like three times a year. You know, I would much rather have them mm-hmm. play what they want to play. So uh, the good news is so. everybody makes a, like, you know, a sword and board paladin. It doesn't mm-hmm. break anything. Oh, okay. okay. Like it's, cool. it'll still be fine. If everyone makes a wizard, Mm. actually kind of cool <laughs> um we might have to do a little bit of adjusting to the two combat encounters but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm 
I'm pretty chill and I'm pretty roll with it. And it's, I'm, I've, I've had this idea for a story I was, when I was brainstorming a Halloween um, event and I thought mm. this, this could be kind of fun. And then while I was doing the Grubhub with the teen, I talked out some more elements. I'm like, oh, that's the twist I was looking for. Mm, nice. Um, and I've got a few people that are like possibles. I'm trying to get to four. I've got two for sure, one maybe and one possibly. Mm. Um, and now it's a matter of just I'm trying. I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying not to hound anybody on their DMs. But All right. I might. I might do a note tonight of like, hey, if you're in, I'm done recruiting people. If you're not, I need to get a few more emails out. Um, right. Just and, need to know which time, way we go. And time is flying. I mean, really, two weeks is you know. That's uh, three weeks. Yeah. Three, three weeks. weeks right? That's three weeks out. Yeah. So hey, for me, that's yeah. Well, cause in this, ne in this next month, dragon heist is supposed to start up where I think we're at our four. Mm -hmm. I might actually be at five and I might have to like ask somebody to bow out. Mm -hmm. Um, the convergence is supposed to have its first session on the 20th. Oh, wow. I don't think we're going to be ready. I think we're going to do another session zero that night and just apologize to everybody. Say, look, we need one more week to get ready. Mm -hmm. Um, it's because it just it takes time. Everyone is currently scheduling their drawing with the artist, and oh. the opening theme. I need her artwork for. I need the. Right. I also need the the actual video of her drawing because I'm going to turn mm. that into the part of the opening titles. I'm going to oh, do. I'm going to use that. Um, I'm going to enhance the speed on it. Yeah, yeah, to make yeah. it look time lapsey, and I've already storyboarded the opening titles. So like, I know exactly what I want to do. We have the opening titles finished. I'm not playing them right now um, mm. because I played them at our, our wrap up. So if you go watch that YouTube at the end, you can hear them and I'm saving them for like the official, like when we launch, mm -hmm. I want that to hit people yes. really hard um, I... because I'm really proud of them. They are so gloriously campy, but nice. they're like, I find it the perfect level of camp. Ah, yes. yes. So I am so geeked for that. Um, and that's coming up and then the one shot's coming up and I'm trying not to lose my job because right. teaching is hell and the team is trying to save up for a, a computer of their own, which means I'm driving Grubhub three days a week wow. to help them raise money. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Which upside it's amazing. Yeah. Parenting time because we, oh. we just have time to drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So it's well, kind of fun. Now wait, are you doing the driving or are they doing the driving? They're they're only thirteen, so I do all the oh, driving. They oh, ride oh. along, and their job is mm. to do all the running in and out of the stores Got and it. all the deliveries. So like they're yeah. the ones that get out, go in, and say, "Hey, I'm here from Grubhub. I'm here for an order for Kevin," mm. yep, and they yep. come out and they throw it in. We, we're using a cooler as our hot box, nice, which works. Nice, nice. it's it's yeah. insulated. It keeps the food warm. Um, yep. And I try not to pay too close attention. I've said this a couple of times, but. I, it's a little disturbing how much money people are willing to pay for food delivery because mm. I, uh, I could be pretty comfortable in my retirement with this as my side hustle. I, I'm going to tell you when I, when I was a, when I was a young restaurant manager, <laughs> I used to have Sunday nights off and this is before we had kids and, uh, the significant other worked on Sundays. So I, I took a second job as delivering pizzas and I mean, I was making management money, mm -hmm. but I took the second job for pizzas and that was my gaming money. Mm -hmm. That was, that was, it was money that was not in the budget. Nobody cared about anything I made at that second job was just, well, and that's why I've got 10,000 miniatures. In, uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> 
mistakes were made. <laughs> mistakes were made. Exactly. How about you? One K. What's the big uh, upcoming thing we want? We, you want to gush on? I've gushed for a while, but my upcoming projects. How about you, friend? Um. So we uh, we are off this week because uh, one of our players is at Disney. Disney Universal, blah, blah, blah. They're doing that big trip. Um, so we're not doing Thursday night over at uh, Indoors, but uh, I will be back Sunday morning with uh, some uh, Wilder Myth that's streamed. I've got uh, offline games that, that I play in, uh, of course. I'll be NPCing uh, D&D, and then uh, we're going to be starting a new game with the people I play in the UK uh but i don't know anything about it yet so that's exciting uh that should be coming up this week or next and uh but uh and then i'll be back tuesday here um wilder myth my channel graybeard tavern 10 a.m ish on sundays we uh you know we've got a lot of players uh, a lot of people who are regulars in the chat they've been characters and that game is so interesting because your characters 10 years might pass you might you might have children so like at this point we put tavern sparrow and myself in as characters they were the beginning party in this and we've had two children in the thing and now graybeard is retired but tavern sparrow and our our son and now daughter are both characters in the you know ongoing it's a it's amazing it, it, it's, it's such a good game so that'll be sunday and of course you know it's when i get to play with all my toys and uh you know act goofy so that's come, the come way it out. should be the way it should be i'm gonna be back here tomorrow night with my usual wednesday night content but it won't be D because we are mm -hmm. between games um i might just play games like i might just play more xcom or maybe some more Baldur's gate 3 um mm -hmm. Because I don't want to, I actually, I don't want to do any convergence prep on stream. Mm. Like I've thought about it, but I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to tell nobody what's going on behind the scenes <laughs> until we're up and running. Um, and I'm even like hesitant to do too much prep just because it's like, I still, I really want this to be authentic for the players. I want them really invested in every action. So we need to yeah. finish their characters. Nice. Um, before we can officially do that. And I got some ideas. And then Sunday night, I'm actually having a pup night. In lieu mm. of a D&D game, I had it as a channel challenge, and yeah. it got completely fulfilled. So I, I did a, a test yesterday. I, I plugged in my soundboard. I got my mic out. I plugged in my guitar. It didn't yeah. sound terrible. Mm. So Sunday night, we're going to be here doing Irish pub tunes until I run out of tunes. <laughs> yes. That's because what so else cool. are you going to do on a Sunday night when you don't have a D&D game? Right. Yeah. Um, you know. There's, there's some stuff to be done. Um, and then yeah. again, we're back here Tuesday for more happy hour. I'm I'm not adverse to let's write our own DMs guide. All right, like, I think that I, could be I fun. Either, but okay. we'll we'll have to see what what percolates out over the next week. Because for all we know, we could also have a conversation on Twitter with somebody and go, no, no, that's our topic of the week. We <laughs> need to do that because um, there were multiple this week. I'm like on topic of the week, and I've already mm -hmm. forgotten them because it's Twitter. And like everyone else on Twitter, <laughs> I have the the memory of a sparrow, mm -hmm. so. I'm going to ship all of you out. Oh, as we wrap up the podcast, I got to pay attention to who we're talking to. Um, thank mm -hmm. you for the download. If you're listening mm -hmm. to this on your podcast platform of choice, thank you so much for the download. Please consider a review on that platform so other people who use it can find it. Um, every review matters. Even if it's not a great one, let us know what you didn't like. 
You can send us emails at oldtimertavern at gmail.com. Um, it will definitely get into the queue and it gives us topics to talk about. We are, well, This is episode 36 for us. We've been doing this a while. Uh, pretty soon we're going to start recycling topics and revisiting things. And, and two old men at the bar drinking are going to regurgitate things from time to time. You don't want that. We don't want that. Help us help you. Um, and while you're doing things and reviewing things, please, please check out friend of the stream, sweetsteam.com, makers of amazing clockwork themed chocolates. They deliver anywhere in the continental United States and the code steam noir gets 5% off your purchase. If you're not in the U S check them out anyways, let them know where you found us. Let them know how much chocolate you want. I bet you dimes to dollars. They're going to find a way to get it to you. Nice. It's not cheap. It's just ship international, but I, I know the guys that run it and they're good peeps that make amazing chocolates. Um, and they, they're, they're willing to work with you. So check them out and use that code steam noir at checkout. That 5% is, is good on the entire purchase, which is, I, I'm so blessed that they're part of, they're willing to sponsor us that way. Uh, let's see. I think that's who we got to thank. So, my parting thought is thank you for listening. Greybeard, your parting thought for our podcast partners? Well, uh, since you're, uh, you're, you're looking forward to 5E or whatever it's eventually called, get out there, talk to your players, see if there's things that you can implement now before that comes up so that you're ahead of the curve. That's me, GB. Stay safe. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern is a proud part of the Inverse Genius Network of Content. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. They give valuable feedback for the hosts and help others find this amazing content. 